finally doing this, dude. Dude, amazing. Okay. Well, uh, Colin Heinrich, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Good little. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me move this one here. You can put your drink there. Okay, cool. I we can... got some Sir Coffee here. Yes, sir. Does it say it on your thing? You gotta show your. Yeah, let's see. The bird. Yeah, the bird. Sir Coffee in San Clemente. I got my matcha. <laughs> um, it's cold today, otherwise, we've been doing this. We'd be doing it out there. Okay, so let me let me turn this on here. Yeah. So, dude, um, as of as of this episode from the indefinite future, yeah, the new song for my podcast is going to be Twenty Fourth Century Man. Right on, dude. I love it. Okay. I think let's let's do this. I think we're just I think we're just going to go right here. Yeah. Look at that. If you don't have this. You gotta get this new album. This is your latest album? Latest album, yes. All right, so year. 21st Century Man. Here, why don't we just do this? <laughs> this is Ryder's favorite. Because <laughs> the people need to hear it. Yeah. Break down. That's the new. That's the official new song of the Fabcast. Um, if that's all right, can <laughs> oh, I do that? Oh, all right. Absolutely, please. What an honor. Um, so what? Let's break down that song. I mean, those lyrics are rad. Yeah, like it's. Um, it's. I guess it's slightly tongue in cheek, but not. Like it's kind of delivered in um, a little bit of a facetious way to try okay. to make it a little more palatable. But the lyrics are, "Welcome to the age of the expert." Yes. Um, and someone else's problems. Yes. And I mean, like you true could kind of true. like you could kind of park on like every line a little bit and talk about it. You know? Yes. But um, and then it says where learning is a lecture, and um, that line to me, like I I definitely feel like I see that a lot in in culture and have experienced that myself. Yes. Where it's kind of like once you've sat through like some talk by someone or watched like a, a documentary or something. It's like suddenly there's that gives you like license to kind of be the expert like you you've learned it now as right. opposed to um, more experience right like life experience and kind of getting your hands dirty and your feet moving yeah and, um, and the letting, age of the expert right right yeah we're kind of everyone has a voice right and I suppose maybe that could be kind of like the web right with all the social media is like you kind of everyone's got an audience and they've got a microphone and of course, since the dawn of time, we've all had opinions. So, yes. like, uh, yeah, you just put all that together, and I think you kind of arrived somewhere where this song is trying to describe that. Um, yeah, where where learning is a lecture and and friendship is a follow, right? So that next line in the song talks a little bit about kind of that idea of like the social media and um, yeah. 
but friendship is a follow is a follow yeah, yeah like you know <laughs> it's just it's totally alien to me I'm, I'm <laughs> that idea that like someone could be my friend online I don't yeah. know I, I just what, what are your social media platforms well, I'm on Instagram, okay. and I'm I'm on Facebook. When I say I'm on those platforms, I'm, yeah. I mean I have an account. Um, yes. I've I've really had to lately just push it to the fringes of my life, though, uh, just to I find I find it really awkward for me to engage on social media. To mm. to be perfectly candid, like okay. it's just yeah, it doesn't I don't know, it just doesn't feel like really natural to me. I feel a lot more comfortable like what we are right now, just hanging out and talking with someone face-to-face. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, that song, then, I suppose, it kind of comes to a head in the chorus, or, like, if I knew what to say, I'd scream it. If I knew what to do, I'd mean it. It's kind of like this pulling my hair out a little bit, like, ah, you know? Like, what, what, how am I supposed to engage? What am I supposed to do in this, in this culture of, like, everyone's an expert, uh, everyone's got an opinion and I'm just yes. one like very small voice in a really noisy auditorium <laughs> uh, how do I how do I cut through the noise and I suppose that song yeah is just me wrestling with all of that stuff and uh, kind of exploring it lyrically and then putting it against that uh, backdrop of kind of that that rock song and that in the bridge like it to me it kind of sounds a bit chaotic and it, I wanted it to you know right because it yeah it just feels like this a bit of like a struggle and a fight to to find my voice and then to to find where where and how to speak so yeah now now 2020 was a very politically um, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to think heated yeah politically <laughs> Yeah. When did you write that song? Gosh. Well, so this is not just that song. Like, I'll I'll tell you the whole record. It's pretty amazing. It's been written across. Um, there's 14 songs. 12 of the 14 were written across 2016 and 2017. And that's why I asked that because yeah. when something gets published is different from when you were inspired. But right. but 2016, that was the same thing. 2016 was 2020. That's true. It's um, totally true. Yeah, and um, and then I think like two two of the other songs, um, on like the the final two, one was written in 2018 and the last one in 2019. So the project spans about four years as far as the writing part of it, but uh, the lion's share of it is across yeah 16 and 17. During the most politically. Um, yeah. Heated uh, years. Yeah. He basically wrote that. You know, that's those are the Trump years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And people were so. I remember when the, the the morning he was announced as president. Remember, I, I saw right. this this gal on on, on the YouTube. She's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I remember. I remember a video like that. I don't know if it's the same one, but yeah. Yeah. What do you think's behind that, man? That, Man, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's like, I mean, I I suppose I would start off by saying, I don't know for sure. I mean, like, I could just, like, kind of theorize, I guess, that maybe there's, there's this temptation to, like, cling to, well, like, as, as a Christian, right, like, my, my belief, a lot of people would say, like, that's my religion, right, and I, like, I suppose they're not wrong. But I think when when you hold your political beliefs like that, 
like a like a faith almost, if yes. I can suggest. Yes. Then you get like those kind of extreme reactions. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, so and to it, take it a little bit further. Yeah. When your politician's your savior, I, I think right. that's I think that's the only time it you actually have that kind of reaction if, if that was right. your savior. Yeah. When you're putting your faith, right? Okay. So like now. I like what you said because, yeah, I think it's when kind of you begin to put your faith in other things besides the Savior, Jesus. Yes. I think then you start to see downstream of that a lot of this this behavior that you're like, wow, like how did we get here, you know? And Yeah, why does it matter so much? Right. And I do, and I do think that stuff, like, I think it's important. Like, I want to be careful not to be, like, dismissive of things Absolutely. like politics and stuff. Yeah. And I know you feel the same way. Um, but it's just keeping it in its right place, you know? Um, I yes. think every, everything in its proper place is is the goal. Um, yeah. yeah. It's easy for me to bash because I used to. I'm a, I'm a recovering Pharisee. <laughs> yeah. Um, same. I've been, I've been sober for, I don't know, a good seven years. Yeah. And I had the spiritual calling. This was my spiritual gift. I could walk into a room and, and have something to say about everybody in the room. Right. And, and right. Uh, it's a spiritual <laughs> gift, but it's from the wrong spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I uh, so I don't, you, you just saying that, like, yeah, I don't want to be dismissive. I don't want to point and say these idiots. I want my heart to be filled with compassion. Right. But, um, so let's talk about this. Yeah. Um, the reason why you gave me this, I remember, I'll never forget the day yeah. I had preached at our, at our church, Heritage Christian Fellowship, yeah. and I presented my lifelong project of the, the tree illustration yes. and talking about the heart of every issue is the issue of the heart. Right. And then I remember you came up to me, you're like, <laughs> I, I created this whole album, it's exactly what you were talking about. So, right. so what in the tree illustration and, and talking about the heart hit, hit it for you? You're like, dude, we're like on the same page right yeah well I mean what was amazing is honestly like part of the way through your sermon it was so good and I was thinking I like I want to hear all of this but at the same time like I couldn't let you get away without giving you a CD <laughs> so I yes. think I like I scooted out real quick to my car to snag it but you were talking about like again like using that illustration of a tree right and how there's there's fruit on the tree and so often we're concerned with the fruit Right, like yes. so, the fruit would be like behaviors, right? So if someone is, um, I don't know, like if they're screaming or yelling at their family, right, their kids or something like that, like that's one behavior. Yes. Yeah. But so often, like we try to treat behaviors when your whole point was like, hey, there's like a tree that mm. this fruit grows on, and then beyond that, there's roots, right? There's like there's a stem, there's a branch structure, there's roots that go down. And there's soil that, like, those roots can either thrive in or die in, yeah? And, uh, yeah. There's a lot you can't see under the surface. Right. So I think, like, this project is kind of, it's called the politics of the heart. And the whole idea is that, like, there's this unseen world that um, is really at the, the root of yeah. everything that we're seeing. Hey, uh, really quick, yeah. um, we're going to go into this, this neighborhood here. Yeah. Um, let me see if you might need your ID. Yeah, how are you doing, brother? Thanks for keeping us safe out here. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I live in a gated community, so <laughs> they check our IDs. Okay. Uh, you were saying? Yeah. So, like, this album, "The Politics of the Heart," is a. Um, I would say it's a visual um, 
and audio like exploration of the idea that the heart of a man is really the foundation of his beliefs like what's in the heart of a man becomes foundational to what he believes and ultimately what he or she does their behavior but the behavior excuse me is like the final that's like the final stop if you will and um so like proverbs 423 would be a great i think kind of summation verse of Mm -hmm. what this project is about it says guard your heart above all else for out of it spring all the issues of life and like if there was a thesis for this project that would be it um the heart of the the heart of every issue is the issue of the heart the heart yeah exactly yeah and then uh so the politics of the heart what what would be the main song on the album I thought yeah. it was per- my. You want to hear my opinion? I yeah. thought it was twelve. Yes. Okay. Yeah? What's I would, what's I, would track be, I would be tempted to say that that's um, a track called six forty five and one seventy nine. Yes, because the yeah. the um, what's the lyric in there about the heart? Yeah, it says like it starts out by saying um, the tongue only has what the heart can't hold. So like the basically only has the heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like basically your words are an overflow of your heart, right? Like you like out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. There's a scripture. Okay. And um, you have to forgive me, I don't remember exactly where it's from. But Um it's somewhere in the, it's somewhere between Genesis and Revelation. <laughs> this is hey, true. what what does six forty five and one seventy nine mean? Well, it's it's a bit of a code. I kind of is it like, I'd like is to it like keep nineties text code. <laughs> no, I'd like I'd like to keep it clandestine because we have like eight two three. You remember these? <laughs> I, I used to text my girlfriend one four three is I love you eight two three is I'm thinking about you. Right. <laughs> Keeping it real here, like. That's amazing. Okay, so you want to you want to keep it? I'd, um, I'd like to keep it under the under the radar, but I can yeah. tell you that it is a code to. Yeah, to kind of speak just to what the song means, but it's nothing—it's nothing more than what the lyrics make apparent. Let's put it that way. You know, I'm not—it's not like some secret message beyond what's sure. in the lyric. Um, but yeah, like later in that song, the chorus it says, "Oh, to be free from the bondage of autonomy." And there's this idea that like we've kind of like defected as mankind right we've gone like no like we will be like on our own like we're going to exist separate and apart from god we'll push him to the outside of our culture yeah and to the outside of our own heart and our own life and that there's like i wanted people to consider the idea that there's a real bondage in what we call like that ultimate freedom and the bondage is that like you're a slave to yourself right like I become a slave to my own desires. I become a slave to my wicked heart, yes. right? And the heart is deceitful above all else and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's like, I'm, I like, want to be the captain of my own ship, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, the and then like later in the chorus after that, you know, to be, to be free from the bondage of autonomy, then it says, the cure dressed up in the cloak of disease. And to me, the cure is like, being submitted to being under the lordship of Jesus Christ mm. and but it looks that to a lot of people that looks like slavery it's like why would I submit myself you know like why why would I put myself under someone else's rule or their authority yeah, that's not freedom that can't yeah. be freedom and um but it is and that's the paradox I think of of our faith one of them like we do have a very paradoxical faith in a lot of ways and totally and I think I think that's one of them is that like our ultimate freedom is found in like willful submission to our maker 
and that like he really does know what's best for me and what's best for you and he does have our best interest at heart and um like he really has like his glory i heard someone say it's about his glory and our eternal benefit so he's not like this short-sighted god like and i think a lot of times i can be so then that temptation is to think that wow like i don't know like does he have my best interest at heart but i really do believe that and i think that song is kind of like it's trying to get people to consider that idea uh that that you really uh, yeah that you submit yourself yeah to to the maker and that like you throw yourself into his loving arms and you find that he really does care for you and that there is true like freedom there it's so antithetical to to majority of, of, of our culture like yeah. uh, freedom would be like no man I do what I want to do I want to can't wait to retire be free do what I want to do yeah and what you're saying is freedom is the opposite and, and there's bondage in autonomy right yeah, yeah, yeah it's that doesn't pretty, sell bro doesn't I know sell. it doesn't <laughs> yeah it was yeah. a bad it was a bad marketing move to pick up the, <laughs> yeah that's to like, pick up that's this like, message that's not free. can you can you show the picture for that for that art piece because yeah that I mean, anytime someone draws a tree and a heart in the same... It's so funny that it's a tree and that, like, your whole, like, book that you've been working on is a tree. So here's yeah, there you go. here's the artwork for 645 and 179. Yeah, and I'll flash that, it up there, too. Yeah, like... Yeah. And then the apple, what's, what's behind the apple? Well, the apple is, like, that... The first defection of mankind okay. in, in the garden. The from, root of rebellion. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's the seed of, of all of what we have today. Like, you know, what, our condition, our, our human condition of being born in, into this rebellion from God. But we do have like a real and a significant personal choice to make, right? As to whether we're going to continue to participate in that um, and just kind of, yeah, be autonomous or if we're going to return to the maker and submit ourselves to him so yeah it's kind of like the tree within right that 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 apple that decision so so practically speaking how does this mindset uh, and I'll just keep using the phrase that I that I heard from yeah. actually first time I heard it was from Pastor Matt Chandler he's like one of my mm. biggest inspirations for my for my book yeah. but uh, the heart of every issue is the issue of the heart how does that practically play out in, in Colin Heinrich's life like, if I'm... I can't see because I blocked out that window with the... <laughs> I have cardboard everywhere in here because I always have surfboards in here. Yeah. So I got to block. Anyways, yeah. I digress. Yeah. That, that's a going? tough That's a tough question to, like, to be able to just answer, like, really quickly. Yeah. Um, but, like, here's one example, and hopefully this is enough meat on the bones, um, so to speak. But there's been a lot of talk, like culturally, about um, like prejudice lately, right? And oh yeah, and racism, systemic and, racism, right? And um, so one thing about how like the heart can affect like my my own behavior is um, my worldview, right? My faith, my belief system. And what I mean specifically when I say that is this idea that I and every other human being were made as opposed to we just happened, right? 
we were we were yeah. created. So there's like this real purpose and intent, and there's this deliberate um, nature to everything about us, and that belief allows me to have a framework even when it's inconvenient for me and this is like the critical part even yeah. when it even when it hurts me or disadvantages me to be able to say all the time that every other person has worth they have value and like my opinion of them has nothing to do with their value like if someone wrongs me it doesn't diminish their value if they say something yes. nasty about me it doesn't diminish their value and the reason why is because I don't give them their value and the culture didn't give them their value yes. not according to my worldview yes so this is a way that like a worldview this submission to the maker and like um, it it infects my heart so to speak and within my heart it starts to affect the way that I think then because like wait like if I'm made and everyone else is made then we all have purpose like there's there's a real um, there's real value in everybody right what, and then, what makes people valuable yeah and and, uh, and I think from that point then I start to realize that whoa like my opinion of people or what they do to me like actually can't affect their value right like God gave them their value yes and so then that starts to affect the way that I behave right that final stop or where I said is kind of like I think man's behavior is sort of like that's that's when something has reached kind of it's the fruit on the tree so to speak right like from your analogy mm -hmm. like our our outward actions um so, yeah, like, it just, it brings everything into the right alignment, right? It's like doing doing the right thing for the right reason, not stumbling into the right thing, so to speak, right? Um, yeah, d does that kind of answer sort of what you're saying? I know it's, like, it's probably a little different than you had in mind, but it was, no. like, one of the first no, things man. that came to mind as, as to how my own, um, my own, like, worldview starts to inform my heart's condition and starts to deal with my own heart about the way that I might feel. And then uh, from there, like, as my my mind is renewed, right? Like, Scripture talks about, like, getting our mind renewed, not according to the pattern of this world, but according to the mind of Christ, right? Yes. Like, let this same mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. Okay, like, I think as that starts to happen, um, practically, this is one way for me that it does, like... My worldview starts to untangle all of, like, all of the wrong reasons, right? Like, I might think the right thing, that, like, yes, like, all people are created equal, but, but why? Like, and it starts to put in the appropriate, um, the appropriate structure upon which all of the, the rest of the building can be made, but, yes. Yeah, like, I think it's really important to get that structure right. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't that be the the uh, the answer to the systemic racism problem I think like that so. everybody has value right and, and, and that your opinion of them right. like it's not based on your opinion about it or about like what everybody else thinks right that kind of like checking which way the wind's blowing sort of thing and I don't I don't <laughs> I don't mean to like trivialize you know people like it's great that it's yeah I don't 
I think it's T.S. Eliot who said, the last temptation is the greatest sin, to do the right deed for the wrong reason. And I think that, like, we've got to, at least for me, and I, and then I would hope, but for primarily for me and then to the rest of the culture, is, like, I would hope that we're doing the right thing for the right reasons. And to me, that idea of, like, we were made by a creator, that, that gives the right reason um, for, for answering this, this wrong idea that, like, yeah, that some people are worth more than others, that some people are more valuable than oh, yeah. others. It's like, yeah, it, in a very, um, in a very complete way, it silences that. Yeah, to to yeah. to use the the language that you and I have been singing about and writing about. Yeah. Um, what's what's at the root of racism? Right. You know what what's at the root of systemic racism? And to yeah, and to me, not to beat a dead horse, but like, if we were if we all just happened, right? Like yes. And and if there is this idea of survival of the fittest, then here's like just follow me for a second where this goes is like any differences any physical differences become um, any inequities right so when I say inequity I mean physical like differences between you know different people yep. they, Short, qui- they quickly tall, yeah they rough, quickly yeah. turn into inequality mm. and that's a problem <laughs> uh and then you can start to say that, well, oh, yeah, like, this one's better, yeah. But it's like you said, oh, like, they're taller, right, or whatever it is. Whereas in in the, the model of, um, of God making mankind in his image and of creating each individual, all of those inequities, those physical differences between people, and even, like, their personality differences and all of that stuff, right. instead of becoming inequalities they become like specific traits that like it's God equipping you right like for what he has for that race that he's marked out for you to run right like scripture talks about like running the race marked out Um, and I think there's like my race isn't your race and for me to run your race like I would do a bad job of it because I'm not you like you know what I mean like you have specific traits that God's given you to like to make, yeah, to to run your race well, you would right? have to be a team player to understand that team concept. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally. Now, like before, because recovered Pharisee here, I mean, I, I used to see the differences. It's like, why can't you be more like me? I, I would, I would never have the guts to say that. Mm. But really, that's what it was. Now, now I, I'm like, dude, praise God! Like, you got those gifts. Yeah. I don't have those gifts. You, you know. Yeah. And. Um, Anyways, I want to let's let's check out the let's check out our our uh, our building here, the chapel here. Sounds good. Just for a second. Yeah. We'll be right back. Boom. Let's go, dude. Oh yeah. ever jammed with a drummer before no sir you're the first you're the um, on the record it's like all um like sound samples and stuff that i've arranged okay uh, myself or or another gentleman who like helped mix it marty deckmeyer 
Oh, uh, Marty, the sound yeah. guy from our church. Yeah, yeah. So Marty, Marty mixed the whole record. Um, like, is I, Marty married to Kathy? Yes. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. I played with her at the pier at the Second oh, Lady yeah. Pier. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, they're they're such cool people. Dude, and, and Marty's he a good. Like, he's a good bass player too. Yeah, he is. He's a great like. He's just so gifted at like yeah, a lot of so stuff. Yeah, so they're both musically. musicians because she yeah. plays guitar and she her heart is is rad. Yeah, and um, they're they're some of my favorite people. So so you've never had a drummer because you've always done that electronically. Yeah, like well, making the record, it was all done that way. Um, yeah, because Ryder Ryder was looking through this and he's like, he's like, Dad, he goes, Dad, he's playing the drums too. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that's rad. I'm <laughs> like, I wish I was playing the drums. I'm playing the drums like, as in playing them on the computer. Um, and then just so, getting like kit, the patterns. Can you play a kit? Um, I can, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, dude, so I'm the first drummer for the Colin Heinrich band. Like, <laughs> yeah, there we go, dude. That's it. <laughs> I almost nailed the chorus where I was like right on time. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I honestly haven't played that song, uh, 21st Century Man, actually in a minute. I've played. Um, you haven't skipped a beat, man. I've played 6:45 and 179 a little more often because right. most times I actually just play like my acoustic guitar at home and that's what I write everything on. Okay, what, um, what kind of acoustic guitar do you have? Oh, I've got an old Washburn actually that my, um, someone in my family just gave to me which was amazing. Like, yeah, those just, feel pretty good. Yeah, it's nice. It's kind of like a, it's like a big dreadnought, you know, sort of, okay. I guess, uh, trying to be like an old Martin. I think they're called like D28s or D18s, yeah. but like, yeah, they're big dreadnought. And, that's honestly that's the that's the acoustic guitar that's all over the record. I think every single acoustic guitar track on that um, on the politics of the heart is that guitar. Though, um, so, yeah, that was a cool thing. I actually sent my it was my uncle who gave me the guitar, and I sent him a copy of the CD and the book, and I oh, told him nice. I'm like just so you know, like every acoustic guitar you hear on there is that guitar you gave me. Yes. So, yeah, that was a cool thing to get to share with him. <laughs> so, so I mean, where do you? Where do you get your your content, your your inspiration, your I mean, what are you listening to? Yeah, because you have a unique sound. But how how did yeah. you get there? Yeah, so like, musically speaking, uh, for kind of like the stylistic, like the genre, it's all over the place. I mean, some of my favorite guitar players, I I love this guy Chet Atkins, um, and he's like an old yeah. kind of finger style, like kind of country, like folky type. Type guitarist. Yeah, it's and, like happy. It's like happy guitar. Yeah, right? it's super. It, it it totally is. Yeah, you would recognize the style like instantly. Yes, yeah, so no, I, I used. To, I think I used to listen to him. Yeah. So he's a big guitar inspiration. As far as like more band stuff, there's a band Mute Math. I really like their um, just some of their Sonics, right? Like just their sound. Yeah. Uh, I love. Switch. What's a Sonic? Like just the sounds, like different okay. textures, right? So you have like a like a keyboard sound, right? right? So yeah, when I say sonics, I mean like kind of the tones of the instruments, like the way they record drums or the way that they, yeah, layer keyboards or guitars or what whatever it is. Uh, it's just super inspiring. They're all of their records, and then I love Switchfoot and their their Classic. singer John Foreman. Yeah, I. I really like him as like a writer. So now I'm kind of moving away from just musical influences and more like writing uh, and kind of content. Sure. Listening to John's solo stuff as well as Switchfoot's music. Mm -hmm. That was 2008, 2009 when he came out with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those like they were recorded in his living room, just like acoustic yes. guitar and a couple other little instruments. But 
listening to that stuff actually kind of opened my eyes to like what songwriting could be as far as a vehicle for like exploring ideas okay and not just about like singing like a love song you know not that there's anything wrong with that but I like I was fascinated by the idea of like I could write songs about like my doubts or like questions I have or like or to explore bigger like philosophical ideas like we've kind of been talking about you know like the politics of the heart yeah so yeah he he really opened my eyes to that just the possibility of that have you ever reached out to him I haven't no but I did I've met him like I, I actually it was crazy I, I used to listen to Switchfoot all the time like when I was really little and then there was a fairly significant period of years where I don't think I listened like a lot to him I mean, we just I don't know I started listening to other things yeah. and then out of the blue like a really good friend from grade school called me uh, and he's like hey dude I don't know if you're free tomorrow but like I actually have like a, a meet and greet ticket to go see Switchfoot and was wondering if you wanted to tag along like it's no one's claimed it I was like, heck yeah, I do. <laughs> so that was the first meet time. And greet, like, yeah, meet and greet at the Grove in Anaheim. So like right by Angel Stadium. And uh, man, that night, honestly, uh, I could not overstate the significance of that night for me. This like, might be picking up that noise. Yeah. Okay. It's raining now. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I just hold it. Is that okay if I just hold it? That, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I just couldn't overstate the significance of that concert for me um, as far as igniting, like, a passion for songwriting. Not meet and greet, so you guys actually met? Right, yeah, like, John is, it kind of blew me away. I mean, he came to every, like, it wasn't just a few of us. There was a pretty handy amount of people that had meet and greet tickets, and he came out and spent time talking to each person individually. So I actually, I got to tell him that, like, he was a big, like, like his music was like just inspiring to me as a writer and it kind of really like helped me to find my own voice I guess and uh, yeah like I'm sure he's had probably a lot of people tell him that because he's an amazing writer and I'm sure he's, he's inspired been doing a lot for over 20 years yeah but it was cool for me to be able to just share that with him and then the concert blew my mind as well uh, so yeah like and then as far as other influences for like the content you're asking you know so not just the music or not just kind of like my inspiration for writing songs but even the content of this particular project a lot of it comes from reading um, and I love like Francis Schaeffer I love reading his books my mom actually introduced me to some of his work uh, when I was in high school and boy Your like it, so cool. yeah she is she's a good one <laughs> she's, she's the best one <laughs> But, like, yeah, she, um, I don't know, like moms do, they kind of, they've got, they've got a finger on the pulse of their kids probably better than anyone else, you know, and so, she, like, she knew that that book, I think, would have, would, would have been really helpful and encouraging to me, and it was a book called How Should We Then Live, and it actually yeah. explores, like, kind of the trajectory of, like, culture through art, you know, like, kind of seeing how art indicates like the direction that the culture is already headed in and uh, man that was so cool I just felt like that helped me realize that wow like in music not only do I have a way to express myself but I also have a way to to influence culture and to speak to the culture and to engage the culture right like listening right yeah and and to be honest it's probably at least for a lot of people it's more effective than like 
like I like reading books, right? But I know a lot of people, they just, they're not into reading books. Yeah. But I think the content of the books is really what it's about. So if I can find a way to package the content of what I'm reading and what I'm kind of like mulling over idea-wise into a song, then like that's that's, the work's done for you. That's what I get excited about, like with songwriting. I think great. Like this is it's a delivery system for me and for ideas. And I do love music too, just for the sake of music. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love I love just sitting down and playing guitar. But um, writing has always been about sharing ideas for me and um, and telling stories. So yeah, and like T. S. Eliot I like some C. S. Lewis stuff is great too awesome. to just put some other names out there for I enjoy reading um, and then little odds and ends there's like some old D, uh, books of sermons from D.L. Moody that I have and those those are pretty amazing classics. yeah you're listening all I yeah. think reading dead authors in general is, is, is awesome because yeah like when they die their stuff becomes timeless right yeah and I think there's there's like an Albert Einstein quote that I mean he has so many good ones but there's one where he kind of talks about how like he thinks that like people who read only the literature of their times, meaning like say like the newspapers, right, and like contemporary authors, um, he said like I kind of think of them as like short-sighted people who like scorn eyeglasses, like yes. or nearsighted people, yes. and um, and like it's it's kind of a funny like whimsical quote that he has, but I think he's illustrating like a serious point that it can be really informative and insightful to find literature like you were saying that's outside of your like lifetime so to speak uh, because like truth is timeless right it's not it's not owned by any man like all all that the great people are doing is just pointing the pointing the truth out right. basically and uh yeah like gosh i mean i would hope that someday that that i could be found doing the same thing you know just kind of pointing to the truth right and yes. uh, yeah and, and i think someone who has truth it's like dude get it god god gave me that i know he gave me that. He gave me the same right. thing in a different context right yeah it's like a different piece of the same puzzle yeah the same truth. and i totally felt like yeah when you were um, when you were giving that message at heritage about that like that tree you know analogy and You're like he gets it yeah i was like man this is like this is like another piece of the exact same thing right so, yeah in definitely in a different venue right like he's doing it up from there i'm, I'm doing it from behind my guitar and, and Right, and it can reach different people, but it's still the truth, right? Like, it's just, um, right. yeah, it's, I love that stuff, so that's very cool. God wanting to, to, to reach someone and using whatever venue he can. Right. Um, let's, so we were talking about inspiration. Yeah. Let's, let's go, let's go back to mom. Yeah. Because we brought, you brought her up. So, yeah. I was, Sunday, we never go to the second service. Yeah. Because we were always in the family service, uh -huh. the, the one up the first one right. and I have to I told you this before but I when I go in and I'm worshiping through music yes. I have to be like I'm closing my eyes <laughs> and I'll usually get the list ahead of time so I can memorize the songs and so I'm not like reading lyrics yes right? I got you yeah. um, I want to go I prepare I actually prepare for Sunday morning mm. I'm listening to the songs and then I want to memorize them and I have to close my eyes because otherwise I'll be like Oh, dude, Colin's using the slide today. Yeah, <laughs> or or be like, dude, Gary killed it on that. Right. Or I'm watching the drummer. I'm watching. I'm, yeah. As a music lover, <laughs> I get I get super distracted. I do too, dude. That's why I'm laughing is because yeah. it's relatable. <laughs> and then, um, I I open my eyes for a little bit, and I see your mom like totally set free, like like dancing mm -hmm. around, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which I 
absolutely love. Yeah. And this will be the third time I refer to myself as the recovering Pharisee, but before I would I would criticize it like, okay, what's up with that? Now I'm like, dude, I want that kind of freedom. Mm-hmm. I I yeah. I love that kind of freedom. So yeah. what's I don't know, what's behind yeah. what's behind your mom's freedom to, to just Well like I don't know I don't know who said this. Um I'm, I'm like going off on quote, quotes today that I that I can't attribute credit uh, for them. But there's one where they said like, behind like every good man is like a great woman, and yeah. I definitely think a lot of what you see in me like artistically and and otherwise, but like basically what's visible to people is a testament to to like all the people in my life and my mother and my father are like chief among them. Um, so. I mean, my mom, yeah, I feel like my mom and, and my dad, too. I mean, I know we're, you know, you're kind of asking about my mom, but the both of them have definitely, like, left and continue to leave, a, like, a significant spiritual, like, heritage, I guess I'll say. But they kind of, yeah, like, they just, my mom worships, dude. She's, um, yeah. that's, that's just who she is. Yeah, you know? I, and, I, um, it looks like she's just worshiping God instead of people. Right, yeah, and she's so like, it, it's 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 just kind of amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, I yeah, it's so much as much as I can. I'm trying to learn, you know, from it, sure. and just like just from her example, even of doing that, it's like wow, you know, because it's not it's not something that you can fake really at all. Like, I mean, or if you do, like it to me, it's kind of obvious. It seems like you know, you're like, ah, like yeah. it's just not. And I, and I have learned to leave that between people and God. I'm like, right. Okay. That's not my job to find out whether it's fake or not. Right, yeah. I just know how I feel right now, and I'm inspired. Mm. <laughs> it's it's rad. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, what a goal. Like, to to be able to raise your kids and they're following God and dedicating their life to communicating the gospel in different forms. I mean... Yeah. I, it's, I think it's uh, 3 John um, that... A father would be so pleased. I'm totally paraphrasing this, but like to right. see his kids walking in the truth. Yes. There's like no greater joy than to see my kids walking in the truth. Right. Yeah, and you know what's what's amazing too is I think like I think sometimes there I don't know this for sure, but I I think sometimes people might think that like both my mom and my dad have kind of like really that there's been like a lot of this this is the wrong word, but almost like coercion. Like, okay, like you gotta go to church, you gotta read your Bible, you gotta do this. But like, it's been the opposite. Like, I honestly think it's been like the silent prayers of my mom and my dad that have really like been such a benefit. Like, even more than I realize, but obviously as I'm saying this, I'm I'm cognizant of it to some degree. Um, And that's, I think that's a really cool thing because they're not, like, it's never been my parents forcing me to, like, hey, you should, you know, get more involved in church. You should be reading your Bible. I mean, like, they'll they'll gently encourage me in that, but it's never been, like, this harsh taskmaster kind of thing, which has been great because it then, it doesn't, I'm not bitter towards them or towards God, right? Like, kind of, oh, like, you're just forcing me to, you know, like, it's some, like, it's some duty I have to, like, yeah, it, we were talking about earlier, I had mentioned like doing the right thing for the right reason. Yes. 
And I think, like, in the relationship with God, like, yes, we want to obey him, but I don't want to obey him out of, like, this, if I don't, he's going to kill me. It's more of, like, yeah. he loves me, and he gave everything for me, and because of that, like, I, I want to do the same. I want to reciprocate, like, that kind of love, you know? In my own, of course, broken human way, it's going to be. But, yeah, I think my, my parents, in their own broken way, have modeled that for myself and for my brothers, which is, like, I mean, gosh, what more can I ask for as, yeah. as a kid? Um, I think that's every parent's, like, every parent's, like, struggle, like, are, are, are my, am I role modeling how I want my kids to live? Um, I, I'm always thinking, am I, am I going to mess my kids up because right. making something matter more than doesn't matter most? That's my issue. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a rock star at work, and then I come home and I'm like, why am I struggling to be gracious? Why am I struggling yeah. to speak uh, tenderly? Mm. And why am I struggling to be the conduit of God's grace, mercy, and peace? Yeah. Yeah, and I know I know my parents they would never want me to paint them in in a way that's like, oh, they're perfect because they're obviously not. They're human beings and like we they and I like we certainly have butted heads and wrestled plenty, you know? Like like that's what we do. Yeah. I think that's normal, so I just think that's important to temper the rest of what I said too. Like it's it's real life. I'm not Right, right. Yeah, we, I but don't But they to... are I'm super grateful for them and they're like they're amazing right. parents. So. Yeah, if the, if the story is too perfect, sometimes I wonder, like, okay, I mean, I want to hear the rest of the story, too, because I, I know. Right. I mean, I have this saying that um, I've met far too many people who let me all the way in to know that there could be someone else who's not like the rest of us. Mm. So, um, I just wait. I just wait for the, you know, as I get to know people, I, I want to know their story. Right. So, what's what's next for, what's next for you? Uh, your, your career, personally, professionally, musically. Yeah, well, that's. I'm kind of pondering that question right now for myself. I I could just tell you what I think might be. Um, I definitely know that music will continue to be a part of just what I do, uh, whether it is professionally or it just, you know, is kind of a like. I guess I don't know if people call it like a passion project, but yeah. I think that would be like a fair way to put it. Um, so I know that's, that's something I want to continue to do. Um, yeah, I honestly, what I'm passionate about though is just like, just influencing, influencing the culture. And, and, I, and I don't even, yes, in a big way, but I don't even mean it just like that. I think just like almost what we're doing, you know, just yeah. hanging out and talking one-on-one -on -one, sure. I think is such an effective way to, um, to speak to people. Yeah, I'm, hoping, I'm actually right at I'm this hoping... Because of this podcast, because I got like three listeners. Yeah. I'm hoping at least one of them uh, you know, starts listening to you and subscribes. Wait, yeah. which car yet? Um, this blue car right here. It's sports car. Yeah. Yes, right on, sir. man. Well, Colin, dude, thank you so much for for coming on the show, thank um, you hanging out, me, the, the live jam session. This will be, <laughs> this won't be the last time. Yeah. So I, I certainly hope not. Yeah. This has been a pleasure. Um, you gonna write? Yeah. You gonna write in the book and then yes, dedicate yes. it to us. Oh gosh, thank you. All right, man. Uh, for those of you, can, can people order this book? They can. Yeah, so the best way, honestly, like kind of the hub for everything is my website. So that's okay. just my name, Colin Heinrich, C-O-L-I-N-H-E-I-N-R-I-C-H dot com.
Okay. Myname.com. If you go there, you'll find links to where you can listen to the music, buy the music if you want, uh, and then the book as well. And there's some info on how to get a hold of me. But yeah, sweet. And you're on on all the all the the all the platforms, streaming yeah. platforms. Yeah, iTunes, Amazon, Boom. Google Play. Got to get this. Music, this Spotify. thing's awesome. <laughs> all right, brother. Dude, all right, thank man. You. <laughs> Peace. See you guys later.